Have you ever had any issues with your credit? This episode is going to be very interesting to learn that credit not only affects you in the moment for buying a house or getting into a car, but it could have a an effect on your finances. And in this episode, Shayla really talks about how to look at money differently. She even goes into describing her daughter's view on money. And there are some amazing nuggets of wisdom in this episode. I cannot wait for you to tune in. Vanessa Reyes here, and I'm inviting you on a journey of what it's like to co-create your business with God and drop the hustle mentality. Listen, I believe that in every season of business, you must up-level your faith and let go of the drama in your mind that's keeping you from using your God-given voice to build influence and become the businesswoman God designed you to be. Here, you'll feel like you're at church mixed with business school and your teacher, well, she's your best friend. This is the Less Hustle, More Faith podcast. So share with me like how this all started. You and your husband, in a, you found yourself in a situation where credit was an issue. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so my husband and I um, got together in 2010, got pregnant pretty quickly after being together for a year, and then uh, we decided we were going to go all the way and, you know, raise our daughter together, stay together, and we moved in with each other, and we were young, and I had my finances in order. I did have a good amount of savings. I was working on paying the last little bit I had left of my student loan debt. And I had a good credit score. I had stocks of investments, all sorts of stuff um, at a young age. That is so cool. Yeah. Why, why, Why were you like that? Like, did you, did you grow up knowing about finances? Um, my dad always pushed finances. Um, he went to a trade school. He actually works for a, an airline. He's an aircraft mechanic. Um, and he's always been able to make our money stretch so much with like investments and just being financially savvy. Um, I have an uncle that owns his own business and he is into like stocks and investing. And he would literally, when I was a kid, for my birthday, wow. he would give me stocks. <laughs> wow, <this is laughs> like, yeah, cool. like, like, happy birthday. Uh, you Can own you a little bit of. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you, what did you say? I, I cut you off. <laughs> he would say like, literally like happy birthday. You own a little piece of all state or here's your Walgreens. Or, I mean, he was constantly for my birthday, rather than giving me clothes or toys, I was getting stocks and I didn't understand what that meant. Right. Um, but I just remember I would, my mom would say, okay, we're going to keep this in a safe place. And my dad would say, okay, we have to add to it. Like he just got you started. So you need to put more money to it. Um, and then for all my birthdays and everything, they would just kind of ask, like, can you give her money? Like deposit something into her savings account. Wow. Let her put that money into like investing. Like we spoil her enough. Right. Mm, this um, is so good, Shayla. Like, seriously, yeah. I cut you off. I'm sorry, but I just can't. I'm just like blown away. I, I did not grow up in this type of environment. Like, I have absolutely no idea what stocks were until I was an adult. And even as an adult, I didn't understand what it really meant. Yeah. And so, they didn't really explain to me exactly what it meant. It would just be like, Shayla, you own a piece of of this company. And I knew like the company's name, you know, like you see it in through commercials or you're driving by Walgreens and you see it. But I, I was just like, Oh, okay. I own a piece of, of this, but I would kind of be upset. Cause you know, as a kid, you want toys and stuff and your birthday <laughs> comes and it's just like, okay, like yeah. my gifts though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. So older. So when you get with your husband, this is what you come into the relationship with. And what was your husband's upbringing? So his parents also pushed credit and they pushed finances and everything, Mm -hmm. but they um, didn't tell you how to do it. They just said, hey, you have to have good credit. Hey, you have to save. Um, I do know that when it comes to like saving, he did have a pretty good saving system, which we still use to this day. Um, but he um, 
was just told like the basics and wasn't really like shown exactly how to do it. Um, so when I got with him and we start looking at apartments and, you know, we're going to do life together. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything, <laughs> every place we look at is like, Hey, this is our deposit. These are our fees, but your credit's not that great. So you like, you need more deposits and like more fees. And we were like, wow. okay. Like we barely had, we barely had what we needed. Like we were going to make it work, but um, we kind of started freaking out mm-hmm. because every company we would go to turn on our electricity and they're like, Hey, an extra deposit. Um, we try to turn on our cable and it's like, Hey, an extra deposit. And we're like, okay, like these are not fees we accounted for. Like we, we didn't realize it was going to be like that because mm-hmm. I was coming from my parents' house and he was coming from his parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told him, and this was like, I do not recommend this to any of my clients <laughs> told him that I will put everything under my name because I had good credit and they wouldn't ask me for a deposit. Mm. Um, so that that's what I did again, disclaimer, I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but worked. I love that. Yes. Cause of course, you know, you're getting together. Everything's going to be in the same household. So you were making sure that you guys were not going to have to extra pay for if you didn't have to. Yeah. And we didn't have it. That's really what it boiled down to. Like, we just really didn't have it. <laughs> like, we were right. we were barely making it. Um, so, yeah. So, I just said, you know what? Like, we'll put everything under my name. Like, it's fine. But it wasn't fine. I was, like, dying on the inside. And I was like, if my parents know this, like, they are going to kill me. But I didn't say anything. I was like, this. I'm, I'm taking this to the grave. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until they hear this episode. They're like, Shane, right? what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, my they, God. You know. <laughs> But yeah, um, I put everything in, uh, in our apartment under our name um, so that we didn't have to pay the extra deposits. And from there, he was like, I need to work on my credit. And his thought process was like, my credit is so bad because these people are just like making it seem like when you get denied for something, they just make it seem like, you're, like your credit's the worst, whether it's just like you need to fix one thing or you need to fix a hundred things. Of course, they always do that. They never tell you like what exactly was it on your credit that, you know, allowed, or, or I'm sorry, that, you know, forced them to say like, okay, this is someone who needs to have an extra deposit or whatever. And I know mm-hmm. like in Texas, you know, they'll make you pay double deposit. So yeah. it's not just a deposit, it's a double deposit when you don't have good credit. Exactly. And they see the information on what is actually, why you're actually denied. Like it mm-hmm. tells them, mm-hmm. but they just don't want to speak to you about it. So they know like, hey, it's because of your collection accounts or hey, it's because you owe this. They know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in Texas, they legally have to give you a letter stating what it is. Um, and I always tell people, look at that letter. It tells you exactly why you got denied. And if you're wanting to get approved, we just have to fix that that one little thing or whatever's on that paper. Mm-hmm. And then you can get approved. So it doesn't have to be like a year of credit repair or six months of credit repair. I think that's another thing is like people think about fixing their credit and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so long term. I think I have things to do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you buckle down, you can get it done. Um, and little to no time, and then just go get your apartment or whatever you're needing, go purchase your car or whatever you're needing. Um, so that was kind of like his thing. He, all these people were t- saying you need an extra deposit, all these companies. And he just felt like, oh my gosh, my credit is so bad. He didn't even know what his credit score was, which was crazy to me because I was somebody that knew my credit score. I knew where I stood. At your um, age, you knew that already? Yes, because my dad just kind of like shoved it down my throat. I mean, as soon as I was able to get a credit card, he was like, okay, let's go apply for a credit card. Um, And then we went, I've always had a savings account since I was little through the bank and we, we use a credit union. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I've always had a savings account. And then as soon as I was of age to get like a credit card, he didn't like put me on his credit card, like everybody else does. He literally went and got me a credit card and gave it to me. It was my own credit card. And he was like, this is what you're going to do. He's like, let's look at your bills. He's like, okay, you pay your insurance, car insurance, you pay your student loan. And he's like, and then you're paying, you know, your gas and things like that. So what we're going to do is we're going to put like little things like gas. You have to pay for gas. He's like, we'll put these little things on your card and then just pay it off. Put these little things on your card and then just pay it off. So he was like uh-huh. teaching me like to build my own credit and like what to do. Mm-hmm. He, and he would monitor everything. And he would log into my bank account and he would look at, see what I had in my savings account. Oh 
my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I was 16, I had a car. My husband, my dad bought me a car, but he just put the down payment and I had to pay the payments. And I remember just listening to you. I'm just like thinking about how I would structure my money. I didn't have a bank account. So I literally had like sections in my wallet that was like, okay, this is for the car payment. This is for my phone. And then this is spending money. Mm -hmm. That was it. Like that was my whole system. <laughs> Okay, but you know what? Like, if it worked, it worked. Everyone it, is different. Yeah, it barely worked. I mean, it just worked to get me by. Yeah. So I'm just loving how your dad raised you. That's incredible. And that actually gets me to thinking, and I was going to actually post about this on social media the other day, because I was just, sometimes you just sit back and you reflect about things, but... um uh, my dad was very financially strict with me. Like I said, he would look at my bank account and he would see what I had in savings and everything. And I remember before my husband and I got together, we had a whole, we had a group of friends that would hang out. Uh-huh. And that, that's how we met through that group of friends. I mean, there was probably like 15, 20 of us yeah. that would all party together. Right. Uh -huh. And um, they were planning a spring break trip and I was going to go, but I needed to file my taxes and use that money to pay to go to South Padre. They were going to South Padre. So uh -huh. I needed to file my taxes, get my tax money to pay for South Padre because I couldn't take any money out of my savings account. I had all the money, but I couldn't take any money out of my savings account because my dad would say something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How funny. Yeah. This is so cute though. I love it. So I remember, I remember getting, doing my taxes late. I messed up. I did my taxes late and my tax return did not come in time. Aww. And everyone was going on this vacation and they're like, I'll, I'll get, they all knew I had money all the time. So they're like, I'll pay for you up front. And I'd never wanted anyone to pay for anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll pay for you up front. And then you could just go. And I said, no, like I made this mistake. I'm staying back. Like I don't have, I mean, I had the money in my savings account, but I was like, the money was supposed to be used from my tax return money. So it's like, it didn't come in time. Like I can't pay for, for my part of it. So I'm not going to go. Well, at the same time, my husband decided he wasn't going to go to the trip either. And I can't remember what his story was on it. Um, but we both ended up staying back and all of our friends were gone for over a week. And I was like, we're, we were so bored. And I literally texted him one night and I was like, Hey, you want to go to the bar and get a drink? Like I need to go out. Um, and oh my God, I'm dying right now. Talking. <laughs> And that's how we started talking. So like, oh my even, gosh. it yeah. all started because your dad was checking your savings account. Basically. Yeah. Oh. I did my tax return late and I didn't get my money in time. So I stayed back from the vacation. And since I stayed back, I decided just to hang one-on-one -on -one with him. This is so cute. Oh <laughs> God. I don't think I've ever heard a love story that started off this way. This is awesome. And it's actually like, who you guys are today, right? You're the credit guru couple. So yeah. it, oh my gosh, it, it's full circle for you. It is. It is full circle. It's something that um, we've just been working at separately. And I've, he talks to his friends and talks to anyone he can about credit on his end. And I, on my end, talk about credit and finances on my end. And we've just kind of been evolving from there. I love this. Okay. So you guys, when he decided I have got to work on my credit and share the good news of what good credit can do for you, how did that turn into a business? He, so we started working on his credit mm -hmm. and the first thing he realized is that it wasn't as bad as he thought. Mm. Um, and so he was like, oh my gosh, like these people made me feel like I just had horrible credit. And I really just had a couple collection accounts that I didn't even know about. And I could just take care of those and now have good credit. And he's wow. like, and he didn't have any credit cards. So he was like, I just get a credit card. Like it was very like simple fixes. Mm. Yet he was made to feel less than. Like he was just like this horrible, like there's no hope for you unless you pay a double deposit, right? Wow. Um, so he repaired his credit. And then once he was able to see just like, like I said, his, our first big purchase together, we bought our first car together. Um, and then just him seeing like the difference, cause he's bought cars on his own, not having credit or not having good credit. Mm -hmm. Um, he just saw like the difference. Like when we got our cell phones together, when we got a car together, just like, you know, it was 
as the years went by and we had different goals yeah. uh, and then he fell in love with just the power of having your finances together and having your credit together. Um, and he started preaching to anybody he could, that would listen, anyone that would say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. He was like trying to help them. And people were recommending him like he had a business like hey he could help you with your finances he could help you with your credit and Aww. he didn't have a business he just had a passion for it and he was speaking to anyone that that would listen mm-hmm. um and that's how we kind of I mean we both wanted to work for ourselves mm-hmm. uh, we had a daughter so I had stopped I actually had stopped working um when we had our daughter to stay home with her because we couldn't afford child care um yeah. so I was like I'm gonna go work like, I can't afford we can't afford child care so we we stayed home with I stayed home with her mm-hmm. and the hustler in me was like I can't just stay home I need to do something else yeah I actually started a photography business um because I loved photography and I would take my daughter with me mm-hmm. I would p- literally be pushing her in the stroller and I would do photo shoots for people and that's how I made like my little money on the side so oh I guess God, I was an entrepreneur in some way right yeah um, and that went really well to this day, people still ask me to do their photos and I'm not doing photography anymore. It's just a passion. Yeah. But once you turn that one into a business, like it was just not fun anymore. So, yeah. Uh-huh. And so you started yeah. photography as an entrepreneur. That was your first taste of entrepreneurship. Yes. And I loved it. I made my own money. I dictated my schedule. I brought my daughter with me. I worked it around her nap schedule and everything because she was still a baby. And I, I was out there doing it. And you know, when you talked about marketing, you know how I would market my first business, which was my photography business, Uh I would market on Craigslist Oh yeah. Uh-huh. That was big. Yeah. No, I have no website. I would market on Craigslist. I got little business cards together mm-hmm. and all the little um, stores that I would go into would have like these bulletins where people would post like mm-hmm. they wanted to post and I would stick my little card on there. And I was like, Oh, my photography. And I would, yeah, I would market on Craigslist. And it's, I always laugh about it now when I tell my husband, I'm like, how did I market my photography business? Like, how did I even get all these clients? And it was on Craigslist. (laughs) Craigslist. When you want something, you will (laughs) find clients, however, right? It's just, you will. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So that's how you started. You were like, I want to, I'm working for my myself. And then how did the credit business start? So, yeah. So the credit business just started, after I we realized I did not like photography. I love photography yeah. for personal use, yeah. um, family, close friends. I love it. But as like a business 24-7, no. Mm. So um, I over, since I had that entre- entrepreneurial drive already in me, yeah. um, we, I think we really, really, really were like, let's make this a business. Once we were able to, my husband and I started talking and our daughter was getting older and I did photography for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, our daughter was getting older and I was like, you know, and I still w- didn't want to leave her to like go to like a regular nine to five. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you know, let's start saving for a house. And we still were not making like great money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just sat down and we started looking at our finances and we're like, let's save for a house. And we gave ourselves a year, a year time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and within six months, we had the money already for a down payment. Wow. And um, I just remember all my friends, everyone around us, there weren't homeowners. And we were just like doing this different thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we couldn't even believe it. We were just like, we have the money for a down payment. Wow. So we start looking at houses. And um, we're looking at houses. And I'll never forget, I found this house that I thought I fell in love with. And it was $125,000. And it was like the most expensive one that they had in like the little area. And my husband's like, we can't afford that. There's no way. We had no debt. Absolutely no debt. I had already finished paying off my student loans. Uh, we had no debt. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we can't afford that. And I was like, okay. Um, so we we ended up not getting it and then waiting a couple more years. We just held on to that money that we had for our down payment. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, once we were like even more financially savvy, my husband's like, we can't afford that. So then later on, we buy a house that's way more expensive than $125,000. Wow, that's um, so amazing. Yeah. And then we see ourselves and we're one of the few homeowners amongst our peers. And 
that just, we're just like, you know what, like we're onto something. Like if people understood the power of their finances and the power of credit, like their lives would be so different because we literally had nothing. Like we had nothing. When I tell you, I, our living room, we had a futon that like my parents were like, Hey, we're going to turn this game room into like a guest room. Like you can have this futon. And I remember finding again on Craigslist, Craigslist was like my best friend. I know, right? Um, People would be giving away stuff for free. Like, oh, like I'm giving away this big, like those big box heavy TVs. Uh We would take all anything that was free. We would take it for the apartment because we didn't have money for anything. Yeah. Um, So our apartment was just like pieces together of random stuff. The only person that had like a nice room was like our daughter because we had a baby shower and they gave us like her crib and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, from there, we were just like, there's just so much power in this. And then especially like amongst our like Latin community mm-hmm. and, and black community, cause my husband's black. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much power in having your finances together and having your credit together. Mm-hmm. So we decided because we love to teach and we love to speak about it, that we were going to, um, start our business in 2016. And that's how cheating debt was born. Um, yeah. yeah, and then we we started our company actually originally as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just go out there and we would just educate and we would do all types of events in the area. Um, we would speak at local schools to like the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we would speak at colleges. I mean, anyone that would listen to us, businesses would like call us up to go speak at their business. Um, and we were just preaching, like, get your credit together, get your finance to- finances together. Um, and just, I don't know, just like the, the, there is hope in people's eyes and like people just getting excited about the possibilities of life. Mm. Um that just kept driving us and we just kept going. It was almost like more and more like motivation. And the more we got out there and just spoke and educated, the more, the bigger our business became. Yeah. Um, and then we did have a team before um, when we had the nonprofit, but of course everyone's passion isn't the same. So our team fizzled out um, mm-hmm. and we ended up turning the company into an LLC. Wow. This is an incredible um, story. I love your story because I'm super passionate, you know, about <laughs> just getting out there and yes. educating and, and just really sharing the value. I think that a lot of times people forget that the best marketing is just to speak on speak passionately about what you really truly care about and that's yes. just going to sell your product or service yes. um, there's no secret formula right like you're just going to genuinely share from your heart what good credit has done for you guys and what's possible for anyone and i think that the way that you guys did it from day one is why you guys are so incredibly successful So tell me a little bit how cheating debt has become ranked number one on Google in your area. I want to hear this part because this is the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So you hit the nail right on the head about just getting out there and just speaking your passion and your truth and talking one-on-one with people. Um, The credit repair industry is one of the toughest industries to be in. Um, setting up our company was not easy by any means. Um, banks don't want to work with you because you're a high risk, um, all sorts of stuff. You have a bad name already because it's credit repair and everyone feels like credit repair does not work. Um, and you're just like, oh, you could do it yourself or all the negative things that come with credit repair. These big companies, um, hire all these phone people <laughs> all these little phone yeah. and um you're talking to a different person every time you call in and it's like a big call center and mm-hmm. nobody really knows anything about credit right and they're just running your information through like whatever system that they have and if it works great and if it doesn't work sorry for you right yeah. um, they're charging you they they get you at your most desperate time mm-hmm. and they are charging you an arm and a leg and you're just hoping that 
by paying this arm and a leg, you're going to be better off. Yeah. Um, but all so, the money they're investing in this, in this is they could have been investing in, in actually paying the things that they needed to pay for. Right. Yeah. And these big companies, they have big names, they have um, big budgets. <laughs> yeah. So they're out there pushing. So we, um, we took a different approach. We got out there ourselves and we are the faces of it. And we work with everyone personally. So we don't have a big team. We don't have a call center. And we, and we actually tell our clients that like, Hey, if you call us, we do not operate a call center. We will call you back because we're only two people. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we I see that. Yeah. Yeah. We see it and we'll call you back. But that's the, also the beauty of, you know, a lot of people, they love to call a place and just get that service right then and there. That's great. But when you don't have that connection with that person and you call in once and you talk to Amy and you call in again and you talk to Elizabeth and it's like, okay. And, and you're hoping somebody wrote good notes in the system, because if not, you're re-explaining yourself oh and, and that's God. not what we have at all. Right. Yeah. We, we speak to our clients and we're the ones that handle everything. So we took a completely different approach. We, um, we got our self on Google and any client that we worked with, we would ask them, hey, can you please leave us a Google review? Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of getting ourselves out there and really pushing our Google page because we knew that if Facebook went away, because we have Facebook reviews as well, but if mm-hmm. Facebook goes away, if any other platform goes away, then at least our Google's there, right? Yeah. Um, so we really just started pushing like our Google page and our Google reviews and just kind of working the Google system. Google is amazing. Um, if you're doing good at your business and you're able to like push yourself, um, you can, you can really rank high on Google. So we do rank as one of the top three in our area. I think it's oh like a gosh, so 30, amazing. 40 mile radius, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Um, but yeah, just really just pushing us um, and who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really helped us just being able to talk with clients. Some have gotten divorced and now they're rebuilding their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to hear like, I, I was able to get that new car I wanted, or I was able to get that house for my children or or whatever their goals were, we were really like goal oriented, because let's face it, you don't want to repair your credit unless you have a goal. Mm-hmm. Normally, people don't just wake up and say, hey, I just want to repair my credit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, hey, something happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going through something, something's happening. Um, or I have a goal in mind of, hey, I really need a new car or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And now I want to repair my credit. Um, so I think that's what helps too, is just us being able to talk to them one-on-one. What are your goals? What do you, and, and then that helps drive us too. Cause on those hard days where we're just like working so much mm-hmm. and then a client sends us like a picture in front of their new house or like mm-hmm. or their car. And we're just like, yes. And oh like, that just drives us like, no, like this is what we do. This is us. Like we have to keep going. Yeah. Um, oh, this is such a good, I love this part because. I know that for like coaches as well, like when we get a client, it's usually because there's a goal. Like I help my clients with branding. It's because they want to grow their business. Right. And then to just, it's like, you're, you're seeing it from this perspective of like, you know, I'm going to help this client. I'm going to help them reach their goal. But then if you really sit back and pay attention to what that means for them, Mm-hmm. It is incredible to just know, like, not only am I helping this family get into this new car, but I'm helping them not have to ask for a ride. I'm helping them not yeah. have to, like, you know, say no to certain things because they don't have a car or the stress that they're, like, currently in right now because they can't get into a car. Like, it's all of these things as a result of me helping my client reach that goal. And I think that... Mm-hmm business owners who really like sit down and think about that as they're putting their business together it it is so rewarding on the day-to-day when things are hard or when things do slow down you know to keep you keep to keep you motivated to keep going and to keep striving for greater because you know it is just incredible credit i think is so (laughs) life-changing Yes. For people like 
I was talking to one of my other um, guest speakers. She, her name is Debbie. She's a money coach. And just, Debbie. just, yeah, just to hear how credit cards will increase your interest on credit cards mm -hmm. because of your credit score. And people don't even realize mm -hmm. how much this is going to put them in even more debt. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, people in, like you said, in desperate situations will take desperate measures, you know, they've got to get it done, but no one, but, but during that time, they think I'm just going to do what I need to do to, 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 to get, get by. Yeah. To get by, but never going back to saying, you know what, that was my story that season, but it doesn't need to be my story this season. Exactly. So what would you say to that person? Who, who feels like I had to do what I had to do because I was in this desperate situation. But what now? Like, how do I start to change the way that I think about my credit? I would say you do. You have to do what you have to do. I mean, you have to have a place to live. You have to have a car to get around, especially like if you're in Texas. There's certain things that you just have to absolutely have. Um so get that by any means. I don't want anybody to, you know, be homeless or anything or not have a car and have to like spend extra money. Um, one thing I would say is that if you make it a goal to focus on like your credit and your finances when it's not needed. So mm. when you already in that apartment and mm -hmm. you signed a year or two year lease, you have a steady place that you're going to live. You know what the rent's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Your cars might be running, right? It's not like you need a car now. Now's the time to start working on your finances and your credit. Not when you're at your rock bottom, I need a place now. Because that stress of having to find a place to live um, with having to try to figure out finances. Finances in itself is very stressful topic. Mm -hmm. It's very stressful when you are trying to make what you have stretch, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you work on it, whenever you're not necessarily needing it, you're able to think clearly and actually just take your time and, and do what you need to do to fix your finances. Um, society is, the America is, is um, it's set up for you to be in debt. It's set up for you, for the people that struggle. Um, mm. it's, you know, I get out there and I drive around and how many places I see where it's like no credit needed. Mm. They advertise to those people. Like they advertise to people that don't have good credit. Mm -hmm. Um, you can get whatever you want with bad credit. They've made it available to you. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they're not one, but they're also using you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can, you can have this car, but you're going to pay three, four times the amount of anybody else. Mm. And that is a way of them keeping you down in my opinion, Yeah, <clears throat> because yeah, you get the house you want, you get the car you want, you have bad credit. You just keep getting all these things you want, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not getting denied. Doesn't mean that they're not taking advantage of you. Mm. You're paying more money, which is in turn is putting you deeper in the hole. Mm -hmm. Because if you didn't pay that extra $200 a month on your car, and then you pay an extra two, 300 on your house, and then your interest rates are all high. So you're paying extra over there. And then every time you <laughs> try to get anything else, you're paying extra there. All that money is your money. Mm. that's your money you you could be doing you could be going on vacation you could be saving it you could be doing so much more with that money yeah yeah like the way you were saying about investing at the beginning of this um call is just like that extra two hundred dollars that you're paying an addition what would you say to that person are they and this is just me because i don't know would they be able to re like refinance and get that um, payment down? And if so, yes. like, what is that process? Like they would go and get their credit fixed first and then go and get, and then apply for refinancing. Or how does that work? Correct. So if you purchased a home, if you purchased a car, 
um, even if you applied for credit cards, anything that you did under your bad credit under the old you, Mm -hmm. once you repair your credit and now you're a brand new person, right? Yeah. you could go in and you can negotiate those interest rates of your credit cards. Get those interest rates lower. Hey, I have good credit. Run my credit. I have good credit now. Um, you could drop those interest rates. You could uh, drop the interest rate of your car also. Let's go renegotiate that, right? Um, you could refinance your house and your car. Um, and that's what we always talk to our, our clients about too. When we look at our clients' credit reports, everything we do is very manual. So when I'm telling a client, Hey, you need to pay down this credit card. I'm physically seeing it. It's not, it's not, I think it's not, no, I'm like line by line looking at, okay, this is what they have going on positive. This is what they have going on negative. I mean, I literally comb through a client's entire credit report. Um, And when I'm combing through the the client's credit report, if I'm saying, Hey, I could tell by by um, how much you are financing the car and how much your payments are, I could tell without even asking you about what your percentage, your interest rate is. Stop, Shayla. And I'm like, I'll be like, oh, like it looks like you're paying a little, too, you're paying too much for that car. Like we need to refinance this car. Um, and then once you're, once they get to the point of their, they have good credit, I do mention it to them. Hey, let's, let's find you someone to refinance. And I also walk them through that process as well. Um, but oh, it's like put money in your pocket. Um, you're no longer that person, right? Oh my God. Uh, stop, stop, stop. This is incredible. I got to just like highlight this <laughs> because you're saying, okay, okay. So I'm going to take this biblical, like the way God sees us isn't the way we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we were to just see ourselves the way he sees ourselves, we would do things differently. Yeah. And I've been reading this book um, right now, and it's specifically on that one statement, right? And so the way you see people isn't the, you don't see them by their bad credit. The world sees them by their bad credit, but you mm-hmm. see them as a whole person who is financially capable and, and savvy to yes. do this on their own. So mm-hmm. you're walking them through this process and you're saying like, I could just tell right here that this isn't who you are. Yeah. Like just by the percentage. And then you're telling them like, if we were to get you to this place where you already are, but you just got to get your finances there, then you would no longer have to pay this, this, and this. What does your client say? What do your clients say when they realize when it starts to fully click for them that they don't need to be living like this? They're shocked because all these companies are telling them, I'll get you whatever you want. And they're throwing these high interest rates at them. Mm-hmm. No one's telling them how to live better. Mm-hmm. And so they're just shocked. Like I can actually go and they feel like they're stuck to a lot of times. They feel like, okay, now I've, I'm re- working on repairing my credit, but I have this car payment that I'm forever going to pay five, $600 a month for mm-hmm. like, no, you should be paying 200. You have good credit now. Like we're going to refund just because you made that mistake in the past doesn't mean you have to carry that into the future. Right. Um, We're all evolving. I'm hoping we're all evolving. Right. We're all evolving. We're all growing. We're all learning. And so, and we're all human. So we make mistakes. I have a credit repair company and I have had accounts go to collections and I'm just like, ah, who do they think they're messing with? I have a whole credit repair company. So I was <laughs> paying you and now I'm not even going to pay you because I'm just going to get it deleted off my credit report. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is crazy. You know, it's so good that you're sharing this because I think that there, there are a lot of shady, there's a lot of shadiness going on in the credit repair industry. There is but also too a lot of credit repair companies, small companies, they're just talking about bad credit, bad credit, this, you know, work on your credit. But you're saying, not only are we going to work on your credit, right? But I'm also going to walk you through the process of repairing and restoring some of the situations that you are currently in right now, that's keeping you from putting money back into your pocket. So Mm -hmm. it's not just you getting a client and saying, I'm going to get you to 700, or I'm going to help you get to 700 and help you reach your goal. But I'm also going to backtrack what you've been doing that you didn't know because you're not educated right now. And I'm the expert. And I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to backtrack the things that you stepped into and you agreed to, but that are not really for you. And mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what it looks like to walk in these new shoes. And yep. 
That's what separates you from so many other credit repair companies because I literally have never heard this before. I've never heard a credit repair company say this, what you're just saying. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what also, I mean, we love to do it and we love to help. So um, I think that's also what keeps us going and going and going and growing so, so big is because I help someone completely change their life. And they're like, Hey, my sister also needs this. Hey, my mom needs this. Hey, I have a friend that really needs this. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the word of mouth, our clients are like so amazing. Um, the word of mouth, like they will literally grow us to be, I mean, the biggest company just by speaking their truth and how amazing that their, their life has been able to be just by like changing your mindset and changing your, your financial space. Right. Um, yeah. So you really work on your client's mindset as well. It's not just helping them reach their goals. Um, I can clearly see how you're doing it and you're just doing it with so much love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, once you start talking, cause we talk, we'll, we'll talk on the phone with our clients and just get to know like them and what their goals are, why they are where they're at, what, the, what are their goals? Um, and, from listening to them speak and then also looking at your credit report, right? We look at their credit report and we um, look at, okay, they have a car. What's their interest rate? What's their monthly payments? Are they at a house? Um, Another thing we look at is what kind of, what kind of debt do they have? Are they getting payday loans? Are they getting um, like, what exactly is a lot of people are getting payday loans, which there's so many different ways to go around it. Um, so we really deep dive into your credit report, uh, along with like speaking to the client mm-hmm. to find out how we could change that mindset and just give them some more information that will alter the way they think, right? So we're like, oh, we see that you have and not like in a negative way. It's like, okay, we see that you're getting these payday loans out. Have you ever thought about, you know, once you repair your credit, you could have like a line of credit through the bank. And with that line of credit, you can just pull money out of there in emergencies if you need it. And you're only paying it back if you absolutely used it and you need it. And if you're not, whatever your line of credit is, if it's $10,000, whatever it is, you don't pay that $10,000 off. That money's just there if you need it. And you can pull from it like a credit card. Um, you can get it out in cash. So it's like, oh, I, I have to have 200 to like pay my bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. You pull from it. And the interest rate on it is the smallest interest rate. Um, which is like getting this a payday loan. Oh, so good, Shayla. So we just alter like different alternatives, right? Yeah. So it's like, because society is going to say, hey, you need money, payday loan, payday loan, payday loan. But that's not the way to go, right? Because then it's got this, I mean, we look at payday loans all the time, 500% interest rate. Like, what is that? Come on now. 500%? Um, yeah. Have you ever looked at a payday loans no, contract? I've never had one, but I had no idea. Like I've had loans before that were high interest, but I've never heard of this. this payday loans crazy. are the worst the worst. And of course you can't pay that back. You're going to pay like Mm -hmm. triple, quadruple, whatever. That just keeps them more in debt. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. That just keeps them in this vicious cycle. Yeah. So one of the things we do is we look at their credit report and we're like, okay, like no more of that buy now, pay pay here, no credit needed. Those places are scams. Like those aren't set up for you. Mm -hmm. Like those are, those are, they're, those, they're preying on like weaker the weak the financially weak um so we're no longer going to shop at those places we're no longer going to get payday loans like these and then we just help them with like different alternatives so it's not it's not to say like you'll never struggle with money you'll never need something that's i mean that that's ridiculous like everybody needs something at some point everyone needs yeah, especially as you're working on your finances. So we just give them different alternatives. Like, Hey, rather than a payday loan, let's get your credit score up to this. And then you could get a line of credit. And then we tell them how to use that line of credit. We explain to them how it actually works. So it's not like we're just pushing. That's another thing that like credit karma is one of the worst, but they push, they're in a lawsuit right now, actually, but they push all these products to you and they're like, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that. And it's just like, okay, do they really need it? Or are you getting like a little bit of money kickback for like them using these products? And that's why you're telling them that it's, that the, your platform's free. Right. Yeah. Um, and we don't do that. We like, 
if we are telling you to get a credit card, it's because you absolutely need it. If we could finesse it and figure out a different way for you to get the same results, we will. Um, but we're always giving like what you actually need. Yeah. Um, and explaining it. So yeah. we're not saying like, hey, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me I was with this credit repair company and they told me I needed a credit card. They sent me the link and I applied for it. And they said, before I even got a, the credit card, I had put down a deposit and then there was like all these fees. So by the time I got the credit card in the mail, I was already in the negative. What? Yeah. And I was like, what? And I'm like, why would they do like, first of all, why wouldn't they explain anything to you? And second of all, why would they give you that? There's so many credit cards out there that are so much better. Because they got like a huge commission off of it. They probably got a commission off of it. That's who they partnered with. Oh my and God. I'm just like, you know, and of course she didn't use the credit card. So she's like, I never saw an improvement in my score. And the credit card's now in collections because of the fees. Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm just like, they didn't even explain anything to you. And then that's one thing that we actually explain. Okay, this is why we're choosing this card for you. This is how you use this card for the positive. And if we see on your credit report that it, you're going you're just going south and you're doing something that's like, oh, I'm, I'll let you know, like, this is how it's affecting you. And this is what we need to do to fix it. So it's, um, we do more of like education and understanding. And that way you don't, people understand what's going on. And they're not just told, hey, apply for this, do this, do that. And they're not understanding either why it's not working or why it is working, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so yeah. <laughs> talk to me a little bit about like you guys's financial goals like you're now and obviously a good standing with your credit um you've been running your business since 2016 um you have a buttload of testimonies <laughs> of <laughs> great service so what is what's in store for you guys now within the business or personal both both <laughs> <laughs> well um within the business I mean we always just strive to continue to grow and reach as many people as possible of course yeah. um we were doing a lot of speaking events at different schools and colleges and businesses and uh had to stop that because COVID yeah they wouldn't let us in the building <laughs> yeah. um but uh, we're, we're, we would love to get that started again. Um, and just, and we don't, we don't charge for any of that, but just to be out there and just speak yeah. um, and let people know just the power of your credit and having your finances together. Um, and they go hand in hand, just like yeah. if you repair your credit, there's going to be more money in your pocket, which will help you. I know I hear a lot of people say like, I don't have room to save. Mm. and it's just like okay if you repair your credit like look we're we're finding we're finding the room to save yeah we're finding your money we're giving yeah. you back yeah exactly um but yeah so just like on a on a business level just continue to grow and touch people um change people's lives do more speaking events um i personally have evolved so much as a woman in credit repair um I, me and my husband do this together and I would not necessarily like hide behind him, but I would let him take like the forefront on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I would be the one in the background, like whispering in his ear, like, oh, what about this? What about that? And I had a lot of like the knowledge on the back end, but sometimes people like, I wouldn't get recognized for it. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, oh, and, and my husband's amazing at what he does. And he has so much knowledge. Um, but I have a lot of knowledge too. Yeah. Um, just yeah, getting myself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope to connect with other women that find themselves in a situation um, that they want to work on their credit. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're married and now they... Um, they just use their husband's credit and they're not really worried about theirs or you just always have to prepare for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so just like speaking, like the power of having your finances in order, if anything were to happen in life as a woman, if anything were to happen, you, you got you. Mm. Um, so I would say that's kind of where we're going is just keep pushing and keep talking. And we're, we're slowly starting to get into um, business credit, mm -hmm. helping other business owners utilize business credit. Um, you're able to scale your company if you're not waiting for the funds to be available. Mm -hmm. um, so always having like a line of credit, having business credit is always really good. Yeah. Um, 
And then on a personal level, I'm looking for land. (laughs) (laughs) We want to build a dream home. So I I love that. Yeah. So we've been searching for the perfect couple acres. Mm. Um, and it's been a struggle. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure that that perfect land is like already yours. It's just getting, it's on its way to you. So tell me a little bit about your, your 11 year old daughter. You were telling me that she has her own, she gets her own paycheck. Um, and you've already begun teaching her like the power of investing and saving. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have an 11-year-old daughter and we have a one-year-old baby, um, but my 11-year-old daughter has been with us through the downs and the ups. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I always tell her like, oh, I, we drove past our, our first apartment and she's like, oh my God, mom, like we live there. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to talk bad about our apartment now. Like, <laughs> like, poor? And I'm just like, like what makes you say that? What's wrong with my, what's wrong with our apartment? Um, But she has watched us grow our business. And, and that's one of the things that I always tell any mom friends that I have, your kids are watching. Mm. um, Even when you think they're not watching, they're listening, even when you think they're not listening. Mm. And I know we say that a lot to each other. And we say that in terms of like, um, maybe, as a woman, like don't dress a certain way. Cause your daughter might, might want to pick up those habits or yeah. be mindful of how you speak to your husband, be mindful of how you speak to your friends. Um, things like that. We always know our kids are watching us. Right. But we never think of it in like a financial point. Mm. So one of the things that I noticed and I, di- I didn't do it at, per- we didn't do it on purpose at the beginning, mm. but we never spoke negatively about finances, even when my daughter was little and we didn't have the money and we didn't have it going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we never spoke negatively about money. We always made it seem like we just, we was, we was living life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she never knew any better. Like if you talk to her now, she never knew any better. It's now where she sees like, she's more aware and she mm-hmm. sees like where other people's apartments look, <laughs> look like, and then what yeah. ours used to look like. She's like, wait a second. Um, but she never, we never complained. We never said, Hey, we don't have, or if she never heard anything negative. And I think that's really helped her out a lot. Yeah. Um, and then when she, when she was little, she used to take like my husband's jeans and mm-hmm. she would shake them out and grab all I got her. The first thing I got her was a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her like, we're going to fill it up with money. And she's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so she would <laughs> shake out my husband's jeans and all the coins that fell, she would collect them, <laughs> and put them in her piggy bank. Yeah. And my husband never knew it was happening until like, I would say it was like six months in. And then mm-hmm. she came and she's like, mom said that I can get a savings account because my piggy bank's full and he said how's your piggy bank full and she said um from your jeans and he's like what are you talking about and she says I take your jeans and I when you get home from work and I shake them out and she's like and all the money that falls on the floor I put them in my piggy bank and he's like that's stealing (laughs) (laughs) that is so cute but I'll let you have it like he's like so first of all you're so you stole from me but yeah First of all, that's stealing. Um, but yeah, so she, she, uh, we took her to the bank and we uh, took her to her piggy bank and we took her and we let, like, we spoke to the teller and we were like, we want to open up a savings account under our daughter's name. Uh-huh. And she just watched us do the whole process and she gets uh-huh. an ATM card and we showed it has her name on it and she gets her bank statement sent to the house. And um, she kind of started with the savings account and she would ask people, Um, I kind of, I did the same thing as my parents would do with me. And I was like, Hey, we spoil our daughter so much. Like if you could please give her money, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, let's deposit some money in her account. Um, So she started off with a savings account and they would, she would get any money that she got in her little cards. She would say, mom, can we take a trip to the bank? Mm -hmm. Um, And with she, she got such satisfaction from um, being, I would make sure I opened up her bank statement so that she could see her money sitting in there, that it's accumulating interest. Um, the bank, she would like, she would get like excitement from going to the bank. You get a lollipop, you talk to the lady in the window. She, mm-hmm. she thought it was like so cool. Right. Yeah. Um, and so she's been doing that since she was like really little. And then as we got big, uh, as she got bigger and as oh. our company grew, um, 
our CPA was telling us that we can get, we could hire her as an employee for our company. She could work for us and we could pay her um, as long as she's able to do the job. If she's able to do the job at whatever age that she's in, um, you're able to pay them up to a certain amount and it's tax deductible for your business. Wow. So um, we talked to her and we were like, how would you like to work for our business? She's like, really? Like, do I get a shirt? And I'm like, I can make you a shirt. If you want. Um, um, and she said, okay, like what, what am I going to do? And I said, well, I was like, we do have these client letters that we have to get sent out. Um, wow. Normally I would do it. Um, but I was like, I could teach you how to put the letters together and put them in the envelope. But we could just, you know, go to the office and we could just do it on the weekends. Because in the summer we would go during the week. Um, wow. But uh, like when school started, obviously school is more important, but um, we would do it on the weekends. And so I would just and I would ask her and I'm like, hey, do you want to make some money today? Like we do have these letters that need to get sent out. It's probably going to be a couple hours worth of work. Mm-hmm. Um and she can tell me yes, and she can tell me no. And um, my husband and her negotiated her pay. She negotiated her own pay. Mm-hmm. So my husband threw out a number, and she's like, I want higher. Um, that went back and forth for a little bit. Girl, and, for real, you better negotiate that pay. Yeah, she and she was trying to figure out, like, how much work am I going to be doing? She was like, what do I want to get paid? If I work for this long, what is that equal to? I mean, she was trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Um and she negotiated her pay. They came to an agreement. And so she does. She works for the company. She helps us out with the letters. And she um, she gets paid for it. And because she gets paid for it, she um, is not only making money, but one of our best friends, um, her husband works for Fidelity. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to her. And he was like, Eliana, he was like, you know, since you have a job, you technically can invest with Fidelity because you're getting a steady paycheck. Mm, like, really? <laughs> yeah, she's like, really? So we had like a group conversation. And I always suggest having like conversations about finances in front of your children mm. so that they understand and they hear like adults talking about it. So he started explaining to us like how it would work and and why she qualifies for that. And, um, we started doing that. So my husband sits down with her and he explains like each company to her. And it's funny to see how kids minds work versus mm-hmm. like how our minds work. Mm-hmm. Cause when I'm thinking about a company I'm going to invest in, I'm thinking completely different than like my daughter. Right. So she's yeah. like, she looks at a company and she tries to determine if she thinks that company is going to make it, are they going to be one of those big companies or so we like, we pull it up. We're like telling her like, okay, this is the company's name. This is how much the stock is. This is um, what they do. Like, how do you feel about this company? And it's so funny to, I'm going to have to record her one day, just to sit there and, yeah. and she's like, no, I don't like that company. Like they're not, they're not going anywhere. And then she'll, she's like, oh no, no, mom, mom, this one, this one, this one's the big one. I want to invest in this one. And just oh, her train of thought at like 11, uh-huh. um, and, you know, kids are so trendy now, like with TikTok yeah. and, and social media and stuff, like they just know so much more than I knew when I was 11. Yeah. Um, so I listened to her. I'm like, she's going to be a millionaire. I just know yeah, it. Yeah, for um, sure. But just what those financial think? habits. Um, she has her stocks now and she puts her money into it. And when the mail comes and I always make sure she logs in and she sees what her balance is, how much it's grown. If it hasn't grown, um, I just bring her every step of the way. Um, And I don't know something about some of the stuff we've done intentionally and some of the stuff we just accidentally did, but um, like never speaking about finances in a negative way. We just accidentally did that um, because we just, we're more positive about our finances. Even if we didn't have it, we were just like, Oh, we're like, we're work this, we're working on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just become such a little, I don't know, like little financially savvy 11 year old. Like she even goes, I even caught her when she was probably in like second or third grade. Mm-hmm. She had our business cards in her backpack. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if your parents had bad credit, I was like, Oh my God, girl, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh and my gosh. I caught her handing out business cards at school. So she, <laughs> she I would have been so proud. 
I was so proud and so embarrassed all at the same time. Because if a kid was complaining about like their parents won't buy them this, she automatically assumed they needed to fix their oh, credit. Like- I don't know why. <laughs> so she was like, so she, like if a kid was like, oh, I don't have money for lunch. Does your parents need credit repair? Like what? Oh, and, my but God. Didn't even go hand in hand. But she just was like any anything she could possibly say to like get our business cards out there. And I don't even think it brought not one client, but like just her, oh her hustle. Yeah. Um, I said, I'm listening to that hustle. Like, <laughs> I can tell her spirit is just all about, you know, growing that business and really just being financially savvy. I think at such a young age, it's going to be incredible when she gets to be 30. Yeah. She, um, she looks at us cause we both work a hundred percent for ourselves and she looks at us and she's like, I'm going to own my own business. I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to be like you guys. I want to stay at home with my kids. I want to go on vacations. Like she has a different outlook in life mm-hmm. than like I had, even though I knew what I wanted, I didn't, I never looked at my parents like, oh, like, oh my gosh, they work nine to five. I never, and I still don't feel that way. If anybody works nine to five, I everyone has their own thing that they want to do. There's no right. There's no wrong. But I just think that it's amazing that she just has such a different outlook and she's just like, I'm going to be a business owner and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to always save my money. She's really good at saving and she wants to see she wants to see her account statements like what 11 year old like sits and looks at account statements and then like um her birthday's in july and like the the credit union sends her like a birthday card Uh uh-huh and it's always like a financial birthday card right so it's like a financial scavenger hunt or whatever right and she's like my birthday card's here and she sits down at the kitchen table and she's like doing her little financial scavenger hunt or whatever oh my god so cute Credit yeah. Union does this. Yeah, they send. Yeah, they send her a card every year for her birthday. Oh um, my gosh, I am so inspired to like really teach my kids um, how to invest and how to save. I think that yes. they'll definitely um, learn like how to be more confident. I think as a person, when they can see the confidence that they have around their finances. So um, this is a big part of your passion of really influencing the next generation, right? To see money differently. Yes. Yeah. Because um, a lot of times when we think about credit and finances, who we're not being taught that in school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So who are we learning these habits from? It would be our parents. And if our parents didn't learn that those habits from their parents, um, then they didn't, they didn't get those habits. And one thing that I was telling my husband is, I'm Puerto Rican and um, my husband is black and I was letting him know, I was like, you know, like our great, great grandparents, they didn't even have access to credit. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have access to all the tools that we have access to. Yeah. So at some point it was so hard to even get that, that information from generation to generation, right? Because it wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So by the time it got to like his parents, which are in their sixties, mm-hmm. they passed along what they knew. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't a whole lot because times have changed so much. Right. Yeah. Um, so really we're the next generation that has, I mean, if you think about technology, if you think about how much things have evolved since we were kids, mm-hmm. Um, just the information that's out there and accessible. Um, how can we not pass all that knowledge to our kids? Exactly. Like we have so many resources. There's so many things out there. I mean, you know, my dad, when he wanted to learn something, he had to pick up a book. You remember, I'm sure you remember being a kid and they're like, look at, look it up in the thesaurus. Yeah. Like my daughter wouldn't even know what that is. Right. Or like when you had to like look up somebody's phone number in a phone book, like we always had to look something up manually, right? We had to go to the library, look it up manually. Now my daughter's like, Alexa. (laughs) 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 Alexa tells her everything, right? It's like, she's got like the world of knowledge, but you can Google anything. It's like you Google it and like information's at your fingertips. Yeah. How can you not pass that around to the next generation? And if, and if my daughter takes at least half of what, because you never know what kids are going to actually stick with, what kids are actually going to pick up. But if she 
even sticks with half of what we've put into her, mm-hmm. I know she's going to be successful in life. Wow. If it's just at least half. Mm-hmm. And the possibility of her just telling her kids and getting her kids a savings account when they're little mm-hmm. and investing money when they're younger. I mean, I started investing whenever I was young and I see the power of it. Um, and I always say like, if everything goes horrible, I at least have my stocks. I could like turn it <laughs> and have some money. <laughs> wow. That's, um, an amazing, that's an amazing cushion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cushion. It is. If you're doing it for long enough, um, that's a good cushion. It's like, it's there, it's making you money, you're investing in it. And then if you absolutely, absolutely find yourself in dire need, you have, you do have money. Um, you just have to look at your stocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I so appreciate you being on this episode. I know that you've given so much words of wisdom to so many listeners. I think that the big takeaways here is just like understanding that credit is powerful and that's where it starts. There's so much more beyond that. And like, let's just get to it as far as getting that credit in good standing so that you can now step into what's possible for you. Yes. Thank you so much, Shayla. And how can anyone find you? How, how would they find you? Is it um, cheatingdebt.com? Yeah, so I have cheatingdebt.com. We have a unique name. So you could pretty much Google cheating debt and it's going to pull up our Facebook, Instagram, podcasts. We've been on all sorts of stuff. So you could Google cheating debt. But yeah, we're our name's the same on every every platform. So basically just cheating debt. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Shayla. You have thank, thank you. you.